0: This paid commercial may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Radio. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers, as indicated. Federal News Radio does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy errors or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing, brought to you by Government Marketing University. My name is Luann Brossman, and I am the founder and president of Government Marketing University, and I will be your host today. Government Marketing University is an innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills in the development of field public sector marketing. We have experts from all corners of the U.S. public sector marketplace. We have marketers, (laughs) thought leaders, government, media, and sales all contributing their knowledge to a unique content-rich platform. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and community resources all in one place. For more information about Government Marketing University, we encourage our listeners to go to www.governmentmarketinguniversity.com. We welcome you to today's episode of Market Chat, where we will hear how to enhance your communications and collaboration with your federal procurement prospects and customers. Our panel of federal procurement officers we have with us today will share best practices for promoting a healthier and a more robust dialogue between government and industry. My co-host today at Market Chat is Steve Watkins. Steve is our Government Marketing University Chief Content Officer and the former editor of the Federal Times. Steve, I'm handing the mic over to you to introduce our esteemed panel.
1: Great, thank you very much, Luann. Our show today is going to examine uh, the status of government vendor communications today and examine efforts to improve those interactions in support of federal procurement activities and needs. Um, So we have a stellar panel today to, to talk about this, and I'll start with Soraya Correa, who's the Chief Procurement Officer at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Soraya oversees all the procurement policy and activities within DHS, and she's been trying out a number of innovative ideas For how to improve the engagement and discourse with vendor communities and all stakeholders in the procurement process. And that includes program managers and other communities as well. So we'll discuss those. Uh, We also have Kay Ely. Kay is the Deputy Assistant Commissioner for Integrated Technology Services, uh, ITS, at the General Services Administration and the Acting Director of IT Schedule 70, uh, Kay will discuss how uh, GSA and her office um, of IT Schedule 70 in particular has been engaging the vendor community as it reshapes the way IT is being procured across the government. And there's so many changes and reforms underway uh, today to, to talk about uh, category management, uh, the common acquisition platform, and the new cloud special item number uh, that creates a subset within the IT schedule for cloud services and plenty more than, uh, beyond that. We also have Darlene Cohen. Uh, Darlene is the deputy program manager of the NASA Soup program. Uh, if you're not aware, uh, Soup is a government-wide acquisition contract managed by NASA. And the acronym stands for Solutions for Enterprise-Wide Procurement. And in this latest uh, installment of Soup, which is the fifth uh, and largest installment, is a 10-year, $20 billion procurement program. Uh, it was awarded last year to more than 200 vendors. And it seems to offer pretty much any kind of IT uh, hardware, software, or service that you can imagine. So welcome, everyone, to Market Chat, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. So uh, a brief uh, backgrounder on what we're going to talk about today. Um, As I mentioned, we're we're talking about how agencies are trying to better engage the vendor community with the goal of getting uh, better procurement outcomes uh, at the end of the day. So uh, the, the... the missions of, of federal agencies today and their technical challenges um, are becoming increasingly complex, and they, and so federal agencies really need to be aware of all the capabilities and the offerings uh, that are available in the marketplace, and <clears throat> so that the money that they're investing in, in their procurements is truly delivering uh, the right solution for the right requirement at the right time, and that's uh, probably more vital now than it ever has been. Uh, so a healthy, continuous, robust dialogue between federal customers and vendors is probably uh, more vital uh, because of this increasing uh, complexity. Uh, there's also so many reforms, and I mentioned category management and the common acquisition platform, uh, but there's there's many others. Uh, again, another uh, reason why we need uh, a much better dialogue between the vendor community and government agencies. So uh, why has there been... Uh, a challenge, uh, in terms of a good communication between these, uh, these two sides. And I'll, I'll say two sides, the government, uh, agencies and the, and the vendor community. Uh, and of course you can break those down into, into far smaller ones, but, um, but you know, a couple of the reasons that have been cited, uh, probably most frequently is, um, one there's, there, there is, I think, uh, an acknowledged uh, risk aversity that exists uh, on on the federal government side where <clears throat> um, procurement staffs are uh, very careful about uh, uh, talking too much or divulging too much perhaps uh, to uh, vendors uh, with the fear that uh, eventually there may be a bid protest uh, lodged uh, at the end of the day uh, delaying some of these large very critical procurement programs. So, um, you know, there's an understandable um, unease there. But <clears throat> at the same time, um, there, there are rules in place, the FAR, the Federal Acquisition Regulation, that um, everyone in the procurement community is quite aware of. Uh, and actually, it does permit a lot more communication and dialogue than a lot of people might suspect uh, or guess. So we're going to talk about that. Um, the Office of Management and Budget tried to address that very problem uh, in 2011 and 2012, with two memos that are now pretty famous, they're called the myth-busting memos uh, one and two. And the point of those memos was basically to dispel the the many widespread misperceptions that exist uh, both on the government and the vendor side uh, that often serve to inhibit that healthy exchange of information. And by the way I'll add if anyone is is not familiar with those myth-busting memos uh, you can come to the Government Marketing University website and check it out. We've got it posted there, both memos. And you can find them at www.governmentmarketinguniversity.com marketchat market chat. So uh, as I said, uh, in addition to the myth-busting uh, memos, there's been some other um, OMB-level initiatives uh, that, that we've seen in recent years. Uh, Ann Rung, the Office of uh, Federal, Federal Procurement Policy Administrator, issued some, some memos in 2014 and 2015, <clears throat> one called Transforming in the Marketplace, another called Acquisition 360. And basically, both of those uh, are striving to, um, you know, tinker and fine-tune the process a bit to accomplish a, a better relationship. And then in addition to that, uh, the individual departments and agencies are undertaking their own initiatives. Um, and DHS is, is one of those... Um, and we're happy to have Soraya here to, to tell us more about those. But under the so-called Unity of Effort Initiative, which is a, uh, a, an initiative mm-hmm. that uh, the Homeland Security Secretary, Jay Johnson, uh, started uh, a few years back, uh, DHS is proactively reaching out to the vendor community to create a healthier procurement relationship. Uh, the Veterans Affairs Department, uh, I know, has, has taken some steps as well. Uh, GSA and NASA, likewise, are, are doing some interesting things in this area as well, and we'll get into all that. Um, and then <clears throat> there's a, an impact uh, from all this on marketers. So when we talk about government industry communication and engagement, we're often referring to things like industry days and RF, RFIs, RFPs. Uh, pre-solicitation meetings and, and uh, a lot of the events that happen as, a, as kind of the structure, uh, structured process of, of the procurement cycle. Um, but there's also a lot of what I would call marketing engagements along the way. Things like webinars and conferences, panels, uh, various forms of marketing and educational content like white papers and thought leadership, articles and videos and that sort of thing. So we'll discuss a little bit more how marketing fits into this discussion. So <clears throat> let's get it started. Um, perhaps I'll, I'll just start off by asking each of you, uh, and Soraya, maybe you can take this first, but since, uh, since the OMB Mythbusters memos came out about five years ago, uh, and all these other initiatives that, that, uh, that we talked about, how would you kind of rate the state of, of the relationship today and in, in the, in the uh, robustness of communication and discourse between the vendor community and, and in
2: your department? Okay, well, uh, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to be here and talk a little bit about what we're doing at the at the Department of Homeland Security to improve our industry engagement. I think overall, um, it's getting better. I do think that there is improvement. Um, it's probably not moving as quickly as industry would like, but I do think that we are making some progress. I know that at the department, um, as a result of MythBusters, my predecessors stood up a, a function called Industry Liaison to improve uh, communications with industry. I've expanded on that through my Acquisition Innovations in Motion that we'll talk a little bit more about. And I've even done some things to help industry better understand how we do business because I think sometimes what is being mistaken as, as a lack of communication is really not understanding how we do our business and why we do the things that we do. So I do think that the state is getting a little bit better and I'm, I'm pleased to have the opportunity to chat a little bit more about that. Great.
3: Kate. Oh, well, thank you again also for having me here today um, to talk about this um, very significant issue. So I think if you look back at the memo, um, some of the very first words uh, were to have um, early, frequent, and constructive uh, discussion. So I think if we keep that in mind, I think those are very powerful words. I think that the another benefit of the memo was to say, yeah, we got a problem, and we really need to address this and figure out what we want to do. I think the where are we on a scale of 1 to 10? I might look and say a 6 or a 7, but I think in a lot of ways it really varies across the federal government. I think somebody else might answer that question very differently. So I think, um, I think also uh, there's more work to be done, as Soraya said. You know, this was a good start. Uh, again, just recognizing some of the, the best practices and, and the tips that came out of the memo. But to our friends at OFPP and OMB, maybe it's time for Mythbusters 3.
4: Hmm.
1: Oh, interesting. Darlene. how about at NASA? Um, w- w- obviously, NASA, like DHS and GSA, is a huge government uh, procurement organization. Uh, what's what's the picture look like there?
5: Uh, well, thanks uh, also for having uh, NASA super represent here. And uh, we do appreciate the opportunity because uh, we really value the industry, not only feedback, but interaction as we're talking about not only our program, but the very important issue of interactions between both entities government-wide. So that being said, um, I think I agree with Kay and Soraya. There's lots of good points here. Um, I do see improvement as well, uh, but it really depends on where you're looking. Um, from, I'll say, our our view as a, a government-wide GWAC, um, we do deal with Every federal agency, and we do see that some agencies have improved uh, their interactions with industry, and they are really truly being those business advisors, uh, especially contracting professionals, um, that we haven't really seen, I think, as much in the past as we're seeing now. So we have some of the, the workforce really taking on the, the mantle to, to uh, improve those uh, interactions and those discussions. Uh, I do agree as well that uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Mm. And I think part of it is probably the the culture, um, how we're trained, um, the past uh, interactions with industry that may or may not have benefited both parties. Um, So I do think that there's room for improvement. Um, And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about how we're doing that specifically through SOUP. But also what we're seeing as far as other agencies that I think are encouraging.
1: Okay. Um, well, Kay, you talked about uh, perhaps a uh,
5: MythBusters three memo, and uh,
1: Darlene, you you talked about uh, room for improvement. So, what what are the myths that you think still exist that that uh, still um, inhibit uh, effective industry engagement?
3: Well, I think, you know, for sure um, it's, you know, it's not okay to talk during certain phases of the acquisition. And as we talked about earlier, as you talked about in your opening remarks, there's actually quite a bit of flexibility within the federal acquisition regulation to talk all the way up to the receipt of proposals. I think what's important in that discussion is if you are going to have those frequent and constructive um, discussions, then um, make sure it's not... um, that you're not giving someone a competitive edge. So I think that's something that we can continue to address. What does that mean and how does that work? So if you share information, if you have a one-on-one discussion and you're sharing information, just make sure that everybody has the, the benefit of that same discussion and information. And
2: that's a key point. And, and, I, and I want to emphasize that because that's that's how we start to eliminate this fear of discussion, by making sure that people understand we're not trying to give someone an unfair competitive advantage. And if you think you've accidentally released information that you shouldn't have immediately get out there and publish that information to everyone. And it's done. The other thing that I I also emphasize that a lot of folks don't really understand part of the hesitation is time. The, the procurement community, I've not worked in a single procurement office that was overstaffed and there's a lot more of industry than there is of us. And so it's not easy to have that frequent communication. So we have to be a little bit more clever a little bit more industrious and using the resources available to get information out. So using mechanisms like webinars and industry days that are not focused necessarily on a particular acquisition. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that we do once a year at DHS now is called strategic industry conversation where we get out there and we're talking to industry about what we're thinking about doing, what our plans are, what our strategies are. Another thing that we're doing is the reverse industry day so that we can learn from industry what they want to know from us. So I think it is important that we keep that in mind, that maybe we haven't been very good about training our people on the various tools that they can use to get more general information out there, which is what industry is interested in is what are your plans.
0: You know, we're going to come back to that. I I wrote down reverse industry day. I I, I want our listeners to know more about that because I bet you a lot of marketers out there don't know about that. So um, we're going to continue that discussion when we come back. I'm Luanne Brossman, your host of Government Marketing University Market Chat, where we bring your government marketing hot topics, exciting guests, and innovative ideas on government marketing. You are listening to Market Chat. Bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing, brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio 1500 AM.
4: Do you work in marketing, sales, or business development for a vendor serving government customers? Then you should know about Government Marketing University, a new innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and networking all in one place to help accelerate your marketing success. Learn more at governmentmarketinguniversity.com. That's governmentmarketinguniversity.com.
0: Welcome back to Market Chat by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I am your host, Luann Brosman, and I am joined today by my co-host and panel moderator, Steve Watkins. Steve is our Chief Content Officer at Government Marketing University. Today, we are hearing from three federal procurement officers on their best practices for promoting a healthier, more robust dialogue between government and industry, something that we all know that is greatly needed. So thank you, ladies, for coming in today. Our panelists today, we have Soraya Correa, Chief Procurement Officer for DHS. Welcome. Welcome. We also have Kay Ely, Deputy Assistant Commissioner for Integrated Technology Services at GSA and Acting Director of IT Schedule 70. That's a lot of title. Welcome. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> Great. And we also have Darlene Cohen, who is the Deputy Program Manager for NASA Soup. Welcome, Darlene. Thank you. And I will pass it back over to our moderator, Steve Watkins.
1: Great. Thank you, Luann. So we were just talking in the last segment about um, where the areas for improvement are uh, in terms of creating a more robust uh, dialogue and, and engagement with industry, um, and some of the initiatives that agencies are taking uh, to go about that. Uh, Darlene, I know you you had something to, to talk about uh, that's going on at NASA Soup.
5: Uh, thanks, Steve. Uh, just wanted to, to point out as we're, we're going forward with this discussion, and we'll get into more details about what NASA soup uh, is doing. Um, but in the past, we've sort of had a, we've had a lot of mechanisms in place that we believe uh, have a strong vendor engagement, and that's part of our success. But I think as we're discussing through uh, or talking about these topics, there is a pre-award aspect to this for uh, requirements, government requirements, and then there's also the post-award. And so for our program view, we look at vendor engagement as a full cycle, So we spend a lot of time upfront in the pre-solicitation piece, but also on the post-award side. So we want to make sure that each of our contract holders is successful throughout the life of their contract. We don't want them simply to receive a contract, uh, especially when you're talking about 100 to 200 vendors. We want to ensure that they are as successful as they can be. So we do spend a lot of time. We have a lot of mechanisms in place um, that we'll talk about. Uh, specifically um, that really we think promotes that, but also uh, future plans that we have to enhance what we already have. Yeah,
1: that's a great point. Um, y- you have to have that engagement, obviously, throughout the entire procurement process, but also at the end so that you know you can always do that fine-tuning of, of uh, how, how you're doing your business and uh, going through that procurement cycle and getting the best um, offers and making the best decisions along the way. Um, so what are some, I'd be interested in this one. What, what are some of the communications, uh, that occur between agencies and vendors that, that are allowed to occur, but from your perspective, don't always occur because there's, you know, fear or, uh, you know, there's a risk aversion or whatever the the case may be. But, you know, what, what can, uh, government and vendors talk about that they don't talk about enough perhaps?
2: So I'm going to jump in there and and say there's not a lot that we can't talk about. It's all in how we want to structure the conversation as we go forward. I think it's really important, and one of the reasons that I'm pushing a lot of the discussion in the planning phase, I think it's really important to get out there as early as possible and share with vendors What our plans are, what our goals are, what are the kinds of uh, projects that we're focused on, what are the problems that we're trying to solve, what are the kinds of technologies that we're interested in. So one of the things that I've done is partnered very closely with our chief information officer and and our uh, science and technology directorate to make sure that we're out there as early as possible talking at a very high level about what we're interested in, because that's what industry really wants to know. The specific solicitation discussion, there are rules around how you do those discussions when you're when you're in the solicitation phase. But as early as possible, get out with there with your problem statement, even before you've really flushed out your requirement. It's okay. Industry's comfortable with that. Get out there as soon as you have a draft of the requirement. Get out there as soon as you know what you think your evaluation criteria is going to be or your strategy. That's what industry's interested in. And the more information that we can get out there, the better that procurement's going to be. And the more time we're going to save – on the tail end of the process, which is when we're evaluating and actually making the award selections. But I think get out there as early as possible, share as much information as possible, and make sure we understand what industry we're targeting so that we don't waste anyone's time with the conversation.
1: Right, right. Um, so I've mentioned before that OMB is, is, has uh, taken a few initiatives to kind of improve this, uh, the Mythbusters memos and Acquisition 360 and so forth. Have you guys detected any improvement as as a direct result of some of those initiatives? And uh, would you say it's at all uh, improved your own operations? Okay.
3: Well, I would say absolutely. There's there's been tremendous improvement. Um, as we talked about earlier, there's a certain um, you know comfort level in having an OMB memo that says, okay, it's good to have this dialogue and this conversation. As as a matter of fact, we want to hear about that. We've had an opportunity to share um, through, you mentioned earlier, the, the uh, Common Acquisition Platform and the Acquisition Gateway. So we have, an infr- we have an opportunity to share best practices with the acquisition community. I think the, the greatest benefit, um, it, it, certainly with some of the acquisitions that we've had in GSA and throughout my entire federal career, has been the, uh, the opportunity to course correct, And uh, we have a large procurement uh, that's going on right now, and we received 1,600 comments. And that was a lot of comments, but it was very good information. And we completely changed our approach and and what we were thinking in regard to that particular solicitation and proposal. So I think one of the greatest benefits has been that, that robust and, as Soraya said, early dialogue. And I think the benefit that we have in technology that we haven't talked about yet, but having technology and Twitter and some of the other social media to get out early and get out quickly and get feedback. I think we have, we have the opportunity for speed and we have the opportunity for robust, just, just with the benefits in technology alone.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, you, you, I'd like to segue from, from that. Uh, you, you talked about the IT and the social media and, um, I, Darlene, uh, we talked about this before the show, but uh, but NASA soup does take a lot of advantage of social media in that respect, right?
5: That's true. Uh, we utilize that uh, as a huge communication piece, not only for where the program is going to be, uh, uh, either traveling or presenting or participating in panels, government conferences, um, so that we can make all of industry and our government customers aware of not only our presence, but what's happening within the federal community. And and so I think it gives a a, a very good picture if you're looking at it throughout the year because we host a lot of government events. Um, we attend a lot of them, participate in panels and speak. And so I think it really um, is advantageous for our program. And then, of course, we use it for our program's specific uh, initiatives or or things that we're doing just as an awareness type education thing. We don't really consider it marketing. Um, our, our feeling is that it's not marketing. It's more education and awareness um, that, that we take that spiel because we feel like as we go around and talk with customers and we talk with industry, it's really just how do you get that message across once they understand what you're doing or trying to do and what's really required of them if they want to participate. Yeah. And, and Soraya, I'd like to follow up on,
1: on the point you just made uh, a bit ago about the importance of having that early engagement long before the solicitation actually kicks in, mm-hmm. bringing vendors in to um, ex- explain to them what are the problem sets that you have uh, at a high level. So um, generally, how do you communicate that? Where Where is that information posted?
2: So, So it depends. Um, We certainly can post out in FedBizOps, and we can use a lot of the uh, industry associations to get information out. But we also like to host events where we actually bring in industry. I mentioned earlier, um, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, I'm hosting an event called the Strategic Industry Conversation. We have over 500 folks signed up to come and hear from various organizations within the Department of Homeland Security about what we're thinking about. What are some of the problems that we're trying to solve, some of the issues that we're trying to address I think it's really important that we we help ourselves through training and education that we don't have to have a solicitation, have a conversation with industry. And that's the message that I'm trying to convey in my community, that program managers, if we think that there is a problem out there, there is technology that we want to learn more about. Let's get out there and tell people we're interested and then let's see what the feedback comes in. And feedback is a key word I like to use. Uh, one of the things that I've stood up that we use very often is acquisition innovation roundtables. Uh, I call the acquisition innovation roundtables an opportunity to bring in industry associations because we we try not to deal directly with the companies, but industry associations that sit with government panelists to try to solve a problem. An example of that would be how do we attract non-traditional partners. We brought in industry associations. We brought in folks from Silicon Valley and places like that, ST, my science and technology directorate, and other organizations and said, how do we talk to these folks? How do we communicate with them? How do we convey our interest in seeing what's out there? We've used it to improve our requests for information. We now are going to be putting out guidance to our folks on how to better uh, explain to industry what we're trying to do when we're doing market research or what kind of information we want. So it is about... Trying to figure out how do we best communicate with industry with the limited resources that we have in multiple mechanisms and really solve the problem of communication, not just throw information out there for the sake of information. Right. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, and I was just to to build on what Soraya was saying. I think what we haven't talked about that's really important, and Soraya is a great example of this, is um, as leaders leading by example. So my boss, Mary Davey, who's the social media queen and is always uh, uh, asking, can I tweet this? Can I tweet that? And uh, that's great for us. But in leading by example, she's also asking us all the time, well, why can't we post that? Why can't we put that out there? Why can't that be available? So I think as leaders, it is our responsibility to help our acquisition workforce have that comfort level so that they can indeed have a
2: good, healthy, robust dialogue.
1: And and challenge, uh, you know, the preconceived rules that are out there, right? Well,
2: and and get out there. Like, Like I mentioned earlier, I'm out there talking with my program managers. I have my CIO and science and technology directorate representatives, program office officials, because I want them to feel comfortable as well having that conversation. So I think it is really important that we're out there as teams talking. I participate in a lot of industry panels. We give a lot of interviews, and I'm encouraging my folks to get out there and do the same. And I think that is a very important uh, dynamic.
5: And I think that's a great point, Soraya. I think internally as the government working as a team is key. Uh, I don't know how many times we've gone through and And one end might know what's going on and the other half does not. And then you don't have buy-in at the end. So to have that complete understanding between industry and the government, that internal team, in addition to the industry team that needs to be there, not just the salesperson, is very key. And uh, I I guess to reiterate what Sarai has said as well, you know, Soup has always had industry days for the last 23 years. So twice a year we have... A DC wide industry day. Anyone can come throughout the year, find out what's going on. We have um, an advisory board. We have a contract holder advisory panel such as as that internal team at DHS. Um, we've also do our um, contract holder training where our program manager, uh, Joanne Wotek, has gone out to each and every contract holder wherever they're located and had face-to-face training meet and greet how do we make you successful which i think is very unique uh within the first year of this contract award so i think the message is that we really try to engage industry and in our contract holders we have several other mechanisms that we have where we participate on industry panels such as open group you know joanna is a member of that trying to develop standards find out what's going on um so so i think it's pretty exciting actually Uh, And I think as we are out talking to industry, we do see that they see we we care about it. And I'm not just talking about soup, but I think the efforts throughout all agencies that we are trying to figure out how to make this work.
2: If I could add something from a marketing perspective, because I know your audience is is folks that are engaged in marketing and we recognize that there is a huge investment that industry makes in in marketing to the government and targeting Uh, talking to us. So we have to keep that in mind. That's what my reverse industry day is all about is understanding what drives industry. Tell us more about that. Okay, sure. So reverse industry day was this notion that I came up with and we've held two and we're about to hold our third one probably in the December, January timeframe. But the reverse industry day is where we bring in industry to educate us on their thought processes and how they operate. And what we have is an audience of program managers, contracting officers, IT specialists, engineers, you name them. But it's for us to learn from industry what motivates them, what how they react when they see a request for information. What do they do when they see a draft RFP? How do they structure their pricing proposals? What are their internal procedures and thought processes? Why do they feel they have to come and meet with program managers X number of times per year? It has been highly educational, highly informative. My CIO, when he showed up at the first one, he was my my keynote speaker at the first one. He stayed for the entire event. He actually canceled everything else on his day because he, he thought it was so powerful and so informative. Um, We started out, I think our first one, we had a little over 100 folks. Uh, Right now, up to 200 people are enrolling in the reverse industry day. These are our people coming to learn. And I've had program managers to a person come and say, this is the most outstanding training I've ever had, because we're really hearing from the industry. And that's important because if we understand what they're looking for and what they need, then we can target and use our resources more wisely. So I think it's a huge event. I've been inviting other agencies to come and join us and learn about it. And I'm hearing from other agencies that they're trying to do the same thing.
0: This is Luann. I've got a quick question to that because I'm fascinated and my marketing brain is is going all over the place here. How does an industry vendor get invited to that? Is you, it by invitation or it, can they sign up? They Is there a wait through list? their
2: industry associations. What we do, we we don't pick the vendors that come and present to us. We go to the industry associations and say, We'd like to host a reverse industry day. And we stand up what's called an acquisition innovation roundtable. And the industry associations come to the table. They come up with the agenda. We tell them the topics that would be of interest to us, but it's up to them to come up with the agenda and identify the panelists. That way it keeps it very neutral. We're not, you know, targeting the conversation because we don't want to run that. We really want them to talk to us. That's a, a, a awesome
0: tidbit that we've walked away from today. So uh, thank you for that. Um, any other comments before we go to break on this one? Well,
3: I think I just want to add from our perspective, as we have the interact, which is a very robust online tool that we utilize, and we have different groups with interact, and it's just it's been a tremendous help with the uh, groups uh, seven thousand for one one procurement or for one particular um, group a thousand members, and interact is the key. It means interaction, and that's what's really key.
0: Okay. That's great. You know, we have a lot more exciting tidbits that we're going to get from these three panelists today as we come back from our break. This is Luann Brossman, your host of Government Marketing University Market Chat, where we bring the government marketing hot topics, exciting guests, and innovative ideas on government marketing. You are listening to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing, brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, 1500
4: a.m. Do you work in marketing, sales, or business development for a vendor serving government customers? Then you should know about Government Marketing University, a new innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and networking, all in one place to help accelerate your marketing success. Learn more at governmentmarketinguniversity.com. That's governmentmarketinguniversity.com.
0: Welcome back to Market Chat by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I am your host, Luann Brossman, and I am joined today by my co-host and panel moderator, Steve Watkins, Chief Content Officer at Government Marketing University. Today, we have been hearing from three federal procurement officers on their best practices for promoting a healthier, more robust dialogue between government and industry. Our panelists today are Soraya Correa. Chief Procurement Officer for DHS. Kay Ely, Deputy Assistant Commissioner for Integrated Technology Services at GSA and Acting Director of IT Schedule 70. Darlene Cohen, Deputy Program Manager for NASA Soup. Welcome, ladies. Welcome back. You know, we've had some great little tidbits of information that you have been sharing throughout this program today, and so many of them, my, my paper here is full of notes. So we only have a few more minutes, so I want to really focus in on on the hot topics that I feel like our marketing listeners will just love, love, love to hear. So, for example, Soraya, you've been talking about um, how you are structuring processes within Department of Homeland Security where you are providing information out to industry. But what I think is probably happening out there is marketers don't really know where to go find, number one, where they go to get that information. And that maybe it even exists. So let's talk a little bit between the three of you. um, What is your role? And and we talk about agency-based marketing. That's the big buzzword. Used to be an old word. It's back. Marketers today are really targeting agencies. So to do that, they really must know what your mission, what your goals, what your programs. And I think what I'm hearing from you today is you have all of that. So how do we go as a marketer and get that information from you? Soraya, we'll start
2: with you. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Thank you. for That's a very important question. So first of all, we have, of course, our website. Anybody can go out on the web and go to www.dhs.gov, click on the button that says do business with, and that brings you into our world. Our world being where you can find out about industry engagements, uh, who to contact if you want more information about the agency. Because here's the thing. Sometimes companies don't even know how to do business with a particular agency or even the government. So we've set up mechanisms to do that. We have our list of small business specialists out there for the small businesses that want to engage with us and learn more about our very robust small business program. We also have the function that I called industry liaison. We have an industry liaison that sits at the headquarters level that reports to me that's responsible for all engagements across the agency. And then we have component level industry liaisons that can talk about a particular area of DHS.
0: Wow. So So am I hearing that there is a person that will take our phone call and listen to what the marketers want them correct
2: now folks hear that
0: marketers listen in
2: that's right but folks have to be patient because there are a lot of people trying to come in and talk to DHS but I invite people to come to that website And learn more about the agency. The other thing that we have out there is it is one of my goals. Industry engagement is a key goal of mine. It is one of my top priorities. It has been since I arrived in January 2015. So the other thing that we do is we are hosting a lot of industry events to help industry better understand how to do business with DHS. And where we're trying to go. What we're trying to achieve. Last but not least, I do want to put in a plug for my procurement innovation lab. I stood up a procurement innovation lab to improve the process overall, whether it's the market research that we go out and do where we try to learn what's available and what's out there and who's available to respond to our solicitation or it's the evaluation of the proposals. We are very focused on improving the process from cradle to grave. So the Procurement Innovation Lab is basically a virtual lab that I stood up to help my help my contracting officers bring us ideas on how we can do a better job of communicating with industry, working with industry, to get them from the very beginning of the process all the way through to the end after we award the contract and have administered and delivered the goods and services to our customers.
0: That, that's Great. Um, so our listeners out there, we will be hosting and posting back on governmentmarketinguniversity.com additional information on this, because this
3: is this is just great that we we're tracking this today. So awesome. Um, OK, let's let's hear from. Yeah. Ken. Yeah. I just um, you you had said about, you know, some tips for the the marketing folks that are listening and um You know, the benefit that we have, whether we're industry or government right now, is the abundance of information that is available. Um, We talked earlier about the myth busters. OMB has had uh, several other memos recently, one about software, how we're going to be buying software smarter. How are we going to buy hardware? We have the Fatara legislation. And when I do have the opportunity to meet with some folks from industry and we're in that one-on-one conversation and I ask about the OMB memo on software, it hasn't been read. So my tip to anybody in industry, if you're going to get this precious time with a, a senior executive at a particular agency, do your homework, read their strategic plan, figure out what their pain points are, figure out what they're trying to achieve, and figure out the big drivers are things like the OMB memos. So make sure you do your homework before you come in. So speaking,
2: can I add one absolutely. point to that? Because it's a really important point for marketers we know your company's great. That's what you're gonna tell us. (laughs) Don't come and tell us that. Come and talk to us about what makes you unique. What do you have to offer? Why should we be talking to you? Don't waste that precious time telling me you're great and wonderful and walk on water. And you've been in business 20 years and yada, yada, yada. I wanna understand what's unique about you, what's special, why do I wanna talk to you? Take advantage of that time and get your point across.
0: Couldn't agree more. Kay, I just want to circle back one more time. Where do marketers go for GSA to get that information?
3: Well, GSA has a very robust um, you know, website, but I was thinking more in that particular conversation about the customers that we serve, you know, DHS, DOD, and all those different, uh, you know, it used to be that it was very difficult to get information about agencies, you know, on the web, but now everybody, some websites are maybe more robust than others, but there's a, like I said, there's a wealth of information, so I was thinking in terms of more of okay. the, the federal agencies. Okay, great. And just to build on what Saraya said, um, you know, it's interesting interesting I will meet with anyone it may take a while for folks to get in to see me just because of my calendar but what really gets people invited back is what's piqued my interest and where I know I can help my customers
0: great um so Darlene back a year or so ago NASA soup um came out the, the most recent one I can't tell you how many marketers said to me I want to market on my NASA soup contract Okay, you and 300 other contractors, right? So, would really love some insight from you if a industry marketing person said that to you, other than rolling your eyes initially. What's yeah. what is the uh, what do you tell them?
5: Well, again, I I think there's a pre award aspect and a post award. I keep going back to that um, because the pre award piece, of course, everything's either posted in your typical government communication. Um, avenues such as FedBizOps, or you know, on the Soup website, um, where they go ahead and respond to those kind of things. We we post the industry day when we're going to talk with customers, or or uh, companies that want to come in and and actually give the industry presentation. Which uh, force every iteration of Soup, uh, Joanne and the technical team actually meet with each of those offerers to say. Or, or, or folks who are interested as part of market research. So she sits down with them and, and for months and actually sits there every day and talks with them about, you know, here's what soup is, you know, as we're preparing for that. So there's a lot of upfront work where we're trying to really say, uh, one, not just what is industry capabilities, but have we covered everything in this RFP? Are there some things that, that we should be listening to from industry? So that's all done upfront. And on the post-award side, I have to tell you, um, uh, to reiterate the point, uh, if industry is coming in and they want to talk with you, they should know what your agency is about, what kind of contract they're trying to get, what they can offer to you. And also on the post-award side, uh, we go to a lot of government events. We speak at a lot of conferences. Uh, We do a lot of industry-type events. And I can tell you, some of our main either OEMs or contract holders don't even know they have a soup contract, That's amazing. which crazy. I think is surprising, crazy, believable. So, so years ago, we did create these manufacturer or provider type signs. So if you go to a typical large conference, it says, "I'm a soup contract holder," um, but I, I do think that it, it is a two-way street here. And if you are going to have salespeople who are out there representing a booth or your company, you should at least know if you sell your products through a certain agency's contracts. So that's one big point. But uh, uh, for the information piece uh, on, uh, we do have the soup website. We do have a helpline that handles all these questions as well. Uh, We post top topics. Um, all the social media, the event calendar, where we're going to be. And there's also this this uh, industry day that we're talking about that we've hosted twice a year. And that's really for folks, one, uh, uh, we host the pre-award one where we're saying we're going to award something, which was Soup 5. And then we have it post-award as well because there are ways for industry to be involved after this prime contract award. There's five different ways that industry can still conduct business through these contracts as either an informal sub or teaming partner or those kind of things. And I don't think that folks are aware of that. And so we, you know, to to tout it, we are having our next industry day on January 11th in Washington, D.C. So if folks are not aware of that and are interested in learning about the contract and and ways that they can become participants in that, uh, please attend that as well. Uh, We do also host and we support uh, NASA Headquarters Small business events. So, for those small business partners who are interested in still becoming participants, we do five or six events a year. We post them online as well. And they're very advantageous because each NASA center will actually give an acquisition forecast for that entire year for that region which is extremely helpful for industry when they're saying, where do I want to focus and do I want to focus on this NASA Mm -hmm. agency? So your agency-based marketing, yes do you want to do that? So they're very valuable events um, that are held throughout the year. Uh, We're talking about the industry liaison. We do have full-time members who support um, contract holders and the program, and we also have an industry piece to that. So we've had that since soup four. So we have several staff members who, if you call them up, they are working with your OEMs and your manufacturers and, and providers, interested and parties that want to come in there. Um, so I think the main thing for us is education, because when we do tell people these things, they really do, are not aware of it. So right. I highly recommend you go to the soup website. It's nasa.gov. Uh, and uh, call the helpline if you need to, and we will refer you to the right people so we can talk with you. You know, it's interesting what you just said um, on both
0: sides. So I want to wrap up because we're we're coming. It's sad. We're coming to the close of this. It could go on for hours. But uh, real quickly, you know, one of the things that marketers are trying to do as much as you're trying to do to the vendor community is provide information. So I want to go through a few of the ways that marketers today think they get your attention. And I would like to know from each of you the top two that you do go to to get information from a vendor. So we do a lot of white papers. We do a lot of corporate collateral. I'm thinking that's probably not you don't care about. They're based in Sunnyvale. They have been in business, you know. So we have white papers. We have use cases, which are kind of like a case study, but a use case, more generic We do breakfast briefings, we do webinars, we have big trade show booths, we have corporate websites, but we also have federal websites within our corporate websites. So wanna know how important that is, or do you instead go to more of the reseller systems integrator website? So let's start with Darlene. Um, If you were to say the top two places that you go to research information coming from a vendor, what are they?
5: Well, I can tell you on the pre-award side, it's primarily the responses that are received um, to the proposal solicitation. Uh, So we will look at that. In addition, we do work with a small business office who has been proactive upfront and also receiving um, information as as we are contemplating market research that we will work with them and and see who they have and whether we need to contact them. And if we need to do face-to-face meetings, we'll do that as well. But I think primarily it starts with how many responses are we going to get what do we have from the small business office as well and then we do keep a repository of past interactions okay where we're saying we've already met with these folks as as we've gone ab- about to all these conferences we've already had discussions with them so we have that repository of interested parties as well so i'm not sure that any of the mechanisms sure. that you've mentioned Sure. Little different spend
0: because you are we would contract. go
2: out and do that. Absolutely, but right. the
5: information you provided is invaluable. Okay. Um
0: so so right. the
2: answer on the other extreme on the see all of side. the above Okay. because it's going to depend on the industry that we're trying to buy from. How much we know about that industry already. So for example, if it's, you know, professional services, we have a huge database of professional services companies. We get marketed all the time by professional services company. We, we look at their websites. We're familiar with the information that's out there. But when we're focusing on new technologies, those white papers, those use cases become important. So it really is the full gamut of information that's out there. It just depends what we're trying to target, what we're trying to learn about. But we go to webinars, we go to breakfasts, we participate uh, in a lot of the industry events that go on around town. In fact, um, we try to be as interactive as possible with industry especially when they're hosting events so we go to all the big trade shows and okay, conferences great good to know hey yeah just close real out. quick
3: my top two really um are uh the events that everybody's talked about um just last year ITS did 150 different speaking events and I learn as much from those events as hopefully somebody learns from me and that's that's just a great learning opportunity and also we have um our, our, we really want to know the market. We really need to understand the market. That's how we can best benefit our customers. We have several subscription services, and that's where we get a lot of market information.
0: Okay. You know, there's still so many questions. So um, I, I'd like to invite you ladies back to a future government marketing uh, university event, be it a radio program on Federal News Radio. We love our participation here, and we appreciate um, that they've let us do this today. And um, I think we're we're going to wrap up. So um, I am Luann Brossman your host of Government Marketing University Market Chat, where we bring you government marketing hot topics, exciting guests, and innovative ideas on government marketing. You've been listening to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing today, hosted by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM.
4: Do you work in marketing, sales, or business development for a vendor serving government customers? Then you should know about Government Marketing University a new innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and networking, all in one place to help accelerate your marketing success. Learn more at governmentmarketinguniversity.com. That's governmentmarketinguniversity.com.